Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man. That state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, 
I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show, email me at rdgable at yahoo.com, tstradio at protonmail.com, or find the show on Twitter or Facebook. You can also search The Secret Teachings on any radio or podcast player or app. Find the show, download it, listen to it. You support us when you do that, not just with the downloads and maybe a review, but we get paid with all those listens and downloads. And that keeps us on air Monday through Friday. Or you can go to our website, thesecretteachings.info, and subscribe there to the ad-free archive with my books, montages that we play on the show, and a private RSS feed. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info. You can also find my books there and support the show. For those of you who already do that and get tired of hearing me tell you about our archive and my books, thank you so much for already supporting us. I really, really appreciate it. Every single individual one of you. I also hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. It is Monday, February 6th, 2023. And I have a fun show, I think, planned for tonight. An informative show. A show that is sort of historical in nature. A little bit of history tonight. Some stuff I did not know, some stuff I did know, and a lot of stuff that I learned along the way preparing for tonight's broadcast. It all started when I read an article about Jeff Bezos. You know, the Amazon guy, Jeff Bezos, and his girlfriend, Lauren Sanchez. Apparently, Jeff Bezos is sending his girlfriend and an entire crew of women, at least he can define what a woman is, on the next Blue Origin space flight, or at least one of the next prepared missions. Now, why is he doing this? Well, we have to push the boundaries that have been set by masculine, patriarchal male astronauts, of course. Because, as you all know, there's never been a female astronaut before. More on that in a little bit. But Blue Origin's New Shepard rocket is currently grounded right now, so they won't be going on that all-women, all-expenses-paid trip to space just yet. But Jeff Bezos's company is making plans for that future flight. They're hoping to get the rocket off of the ground in 2024 with an all woman crew led by Jeff Bezos's partner, Lauren Sanchez. Now, she told the Wall Street Journal in an article and in an interview published a week or so ago that she was being set up for this flight. And it's kind of strange because she has no experience in any of this stuff. You know, it's just she's just the girlfriend of Jeff Bezos. Um, but she is, she is reportedly a pilot, so I guess that greatly contributes to her, her being selected to lead the mission at least. No word on how the other women will be selected. It's kind of strange how you would say, we're going to pick an all-woman crew. Okay, why don't you just pick a crew of the best people for the job? At least she is an experienced pilot, so we can give her that. But it's once again one of those things where the focus is on the gender or the sex or some social justice thing rather than, I don't know, space exploration, science, technology, engineering, the wonders of the universe. 
can't imagine too many advanced alien races are making decisions on decisions on who go, who gets to go on the mothership based on the gender of the alien. Now she's been a pilot, his partner, for about ten years, reportedly, and she's going to lead this crew. Who, well, they they don't tell us who the crew is. They I guess they haven't selected the crew yet. According to Gizmodo, the suborbital flight will see Sanchez and the all female crew cross into the lowest part of space past a boundary called the Carmen line. That's approximately 62 miles high and they'll be there for about 15 minutes. There are currently no specific details on who will join Sanchez on the mission, but the suborbital flight will likely be the most high profile for the company since William Shatner made a similar flight in 2021. You can kind of understand the William Shatner story. You can kind of understand why William Shatner went up. It was a little PR, a little propaganda, a lot of stuff going on with that. Obviously, William Shatner is famous for the roles he played in a spaceship. And it's not so much that I have an issue with Lauren Sanchez. She might be a great woman, definitely a very fake face, but she might be a great woman. She's a pilot, so she knows more about planes than me, can fly planes. I I did fly a plane once in Civil Air Patrol, but she can fly a, a plane a lot better than I can, so good for her. But it's all about how it's going to be an all-women crew. Sanchez told the Wall Street Journal, it's going to be women who are making a difference in the world and who are impactful and have a message to send. Okay, maybe she's not that smart. I'm super excited about it and a little nervous. I've wanted to be in the rocket from the jump, so Bezos is excited to make this happen with all of these women. I bet he is. I bet he's very excited with all these women. Gangbang orgies, these wealthy people, eyes wide shut parties. I'm sure that's what Jeff Bezos is into. Nevertheless, maybe he's not. I don't know. Maybe he's a great guy. That kind of wandering, crazy guy. I'm sure that uh, he attracts a lot of ladies. But once again, once again, once again, once again, it's very strange that it's all about women, women, women. It's going to be women making a difference. Women are going to make a difference in the world. Wait, really? I mean, from what I can understand, whether it's on the islands of Malta or Gozo or. It's in South America, Central America, Egypt, all over Europe, Asia, you name it, India. The woman has been at the forefront and the centerpiece, the hallmark of virtually every culture that has been even remotely advanced. You don't find statues of exaggerated male characters that are venerated in the same way that exaggerated female characteristics are displayed in female statues, where they are the centerpiece, the the Venus statues, where they are the centerpiece of the culture. It's pretty obvious to figure out why that is. It's because the woman has the child, and she nurtures the child. There's no baby formula. And she takes care of the child. So... Based on just those Venus statues, we can assume that for at least four or five thousand years, I think one of the oldest is five thousand years, for at least four or five thousand years, women have been making a difference in the world. They've been having children, they've been nurturing those children, some of those children grow up to be leaders, some of those children grow up to be scientists, engineers, doctors, great thinkers, inventors. Sounds like women have been making a difference in the world for a very, very long time. 
In fact, so long that if you go back far enough in certain parts of the world, like for example in North America, a lot of Native American cultures were actually matriarchal. And matriarchal up until relatively recent times, and some might still be matriarchal. I don't live in those communities, so I don't know. But traditionally, a lot of Native cultures have been, or Aboriginal cultures have been matriarchal. Warriors and otherwise what we would call you know masculine male leaders had to get approval from female councils to be able to make decisions, to go to battle, to go out hunting, etc. The females made the decisions. So again, it sounds like women have been making a difference in the world for a very long time. And in fact, not that bossing around is the right terminology, but bossing men around telling men what to do. Now, as one of my favorite comedians, Bill Burr said, he's like, I get it. Some men just haven't gotten the memo. Okay. You don't take your wife's head and smash it into a kitchen cupboard. Uh, Some guys just didn't get that memo. But, you know, statistically, I'm not quoting Bill Burr here, I'm quoting real statistics. Statistically, if you want to talk about male and female interactions, and also heterosexual and homosexual interactions between male, male, female, female, it's pretty straight across the board, no pun intended, that men and women abuse each other physically and psychologically at the exact same rate, 50-50 down the middle. It might be 48 percent uh, in one place. It's about 50-50 though, whether that's the US or the UK, pretty much the same all around the world. Men and women abuse each other at the same rate. Men and women cheat on each other at about the same rate. Might be a little bit higher for women cheating on men, despite what the media tells you, but in a lot of, a lot of studies women admit to, like for example, one survey out of New York showed that about a third of women only go on dates to get free stuff. It seems kind of wrong. Imagine if guys were only going on dates to have sex. That would seem kind of wrong too, wouldn't it? Maybe women are going on dates just to have sex. I don't know. These are things I think about. I've done a couple of shows called The Battle of the Sexists. And I think true sexists are people like Jeff Bezos's partner slash girlfriend. She might be an experienced pilot. She can probably fly a plane. But Lauren Sanchez kind of sounds like she's I don't know, a little ungrateful? Doesn't see the irony or the hypocrisy of literally being one of the richest women in the world, or at least married to one of the richest men in the world with that crazy eye, and having an opportunity to do something that very few human beings ever have done. That is going into space. And yet, when she gives the interview to the Wall Street Journal and she says that she's going to take this flight, she says, and I quote, it's going to be women who are making a difference in the world and who are impactful and have a message to send. That is very hard to understand. Logically, reasonably, Practically, historically, etc. Culturally, socially, doesn't make a lot of sense. The Venus cults are well known all over the world. Women have been venerated and honored for thousands of years. They are the centerpiece of civilization. Without women, we don't have 
procreation. Also, without men, we don't have procreation unless you let the Huxleyans decide to grow babies from your cells in a test tube or in an artificial womb, but that is not the point of tonight's show. But it's going to be women making a difference, really? It's going to be women making a difference. Haven't women already made a difference in the world? Are are you suggesting, this is what it sounds like she's suggesting, it sounds like she's suggesting women have never made a difference in the world. Women have never contributed to anything. Women have never done anything. She is belittling the accomplishments of all women, all time, everywhere. Those powerful Venus figures, they never made a difference. All of the thousands and thousands and thousands of years of childbirth and raising children and protecting their families and nurturing, none of that matters. None of it. All the women who have banged their way to the top with rich people like Jeff Bezos, those women also don't matter. The accomplishment of all the Playboy bunnies who banged Hugh Hefner and then complained about it. What did you think was going to happen in the bedroom? Or I went to Ron Jeremy's apartment and he tried to have sex with me. You think? All those women's accomplishments mean absolutely nothing because the self-centered, ultra-wealthy, arrogant, disconnected, tone-deaf Lauren Sanchez and her boyfriend partner Jeff Bezos, they want to make space flight about women. About women. It's all about women. Now, that's kind of strange that Jeff Bezos would be this concerned about women and sending women into space unless he's trying to get rid of these women because Jeff Bezos got a divorce from his wife, Mackenzie Scott, a couple of years ago because after 25 years of marriage, he had at least one visible, open, confirmed affair with a TV anchor. I wasn't in the room when he banged her, so I have no idea if he actually had sex with her, but 25 years of marriage and he flushes it down the toilet by having sex with this TV anchor, kind of like Bill Gates. He's such a great philanthropist. You can totally trust him. He just cheats on his wife and tries to bang young secretaries and then also is running some Liebensborn program in New Mexico with Jeffrey Epstein where they're freezing sperm and penises and literally they're trying to create a super race and then also meeting with Jeffrey Epstein on more than one occasion. But he's a good guy and you can totally trust him. And Jeff Bezos, he really cares about women despite the fact that he threw away a lifetime of marriage because he wanted to sleep with another woman. He's a great guy who really contributes to women's rights, wouldn't you say? But all this space talk got me thinking. And especially because the Super Bowl is coming up, those two things just made, made me remember. They just triggered this memory of a commercial for the company Olay that I remember seeing. And I believe this was in 2020. I remember seeing this Super Bowl commercial. It was an Olay commercial. And it was about women in space. And I remember watching it and thinking, what a disgusting demeaning and degrading commercial for women. And the irony is a lot of women wouldn't find it offensive because just like most men and most people in general, they're ignorant of history and certainly don't know about Venus statues. Uh, but they, they also don't know that women have been astronauts for a very, very long time. And being an astronaut is really hard for 
even a very intelligent, strong man. So the average man isn't going to become an astronaut either. And it's totally open to women. Plenty of women have become astronauts and probably not because they slept their way to the top. They probably did it with their brain. Let's listen to that Olay commercial. There's a lot of elements to it. And they're trying to sell you a a product that is fundamentally anti-feminine, fundamentally anti-woman. It takes the natural parts of your beauty and it covers them up with chemicals and animal products and garbage and poison and toxins. And then they call that beauty. I don't think so. Here's Olay. Make space for women. Is there enough space in space for women? Who wrote that? Are people really still asking that question? Operation Make Space for Women is ready for liftoff. Mission Control. Taraji P. Antonia. We have the opposite of a problem. There is so much space up here. Well, I could have told you that. When we make space for women, we make space for everyone. One tweet equals one dollar to girls who code. What does this button do? Okay, so there's a lot going on in that commercial. A lot going on in that commercial. Uh, For one, Nicole Scott is in the commercial, and she is an actual astronaut, first of all. Uh, Second of all, it's a makeup commercial, and it's supposed to be about making space for women. It's a play on words. It's all about making room for women and covering up their femininity with this product that's really toxic and really expensive. But it's all, it's all about, you know, making sure that women know that they are, they are prized or that they're loved or that they have rights or I don't, I I really don't know what they're trying to say, to be honest with you, but they use an actual astronaut. Nicole Scott's an actual astronaut. They use her in the, in the video, which is really strange and really weird and really ironic because the video, the ad suggests that women don't have a right to do things and we need to make space for women when in fact women have been going to space for a very, very long time. In fact, a little bit of history here. Valentina Triskova was the first female astronaut to venture into space ever. She was born in the USSR in 1937. She worked at a factory until she was a little bit more uh, old older. She was really young uh, when she was working in this factory. That's the Soviet Union for you. Over time, she fell in love with skydiving. 1963, just 26 years old, she piloted the Vostok 6 spacecraft around Earth alone. She didn't even have a team of women like Miss Sanchez will have with this Blue Origin rocket. She orbited the planet for 48 hours. Again, Valentina Tereshkova, or Tereshkova, that's probably how you pronounce it. The next woman to fly in space, 20 years later, after Tereshkova's, or Tereshkova's maiden flight, and no woman has carried out a solo space flight since. The next woman, Svetlana Savitskaya, second woman to reach space. I can't speak Russian, so I'm sure I'm butchering the names. She was a record-breaking jet pilot, And born in Moscow in 1948, she studied skydiving as a teenager, started practicing skydiving, enjoyed skydiving. Her father was a high-ranking officer in the Soviet military. And um, 
Eventually, she started flying jets, and eventually she became, well, a cosmonaut or an astronaut in 1970. In her early 20s, she won the prestigious competition, the World Aerobatic Championship. That flying prowess helped her earn a spot as a cosmonaut, and she went on to earn her astronaut wings in 1982, making her the second woman ever to travel in space following Tereshkova's 1963 venture into the cosmos. Now, she was the second woman, meaning that there was a first woman. So there were two women that were in space between the 1960s and 1980s. And she actually got to fly a second time, making her the first woman to have traveled to space multiple times. This is Savitskaya. So we have two women here, the first two women in space. One of them was the first woman to go into space twice. And then there's a whole bunch of other astronauts, a whole bunch of other women astronauts that you may have heard of, you may not have heard of. Some of them are famous names. Some of them you just haven't heard of, but there have been a lot more than the names that I'm about to tell you. Uh, One of the most famous is Sally Ride. Sally Ride was the first American woman to fly in space In 1978, she finished her Ph.D. in physics at Stanford University and simultaneously was selected as an astronaut candidate by NASA. Then after five years of training, she finally flew on Space Shuttle Challenger in 1983. Her flight came just less than a year after the Savitskaya flight with a second woman to fly in space. She also flew in the Challenger Sally Ride did again in 1984. Challenger disaster was... A little bit after that, for those of you who remember your history. So women have been in space before. Women, women have been doing a lot of great things here on planet Earth, uh, birthing children and running communities and doing a lot of things for a long time, being worshipped as Venuses or goddesses. Women have made decisions on how a particular society or culture should handle itself from war to hunting. Uh, Women have been venerated as divine, put into sculptures and stone and drawings. And so women have been receiving some, some really good treatment for a very long time. But we need Jeff Bezos, who cheated on his last wife, to tell us with his new fake face, probably fake boob girlfriend, uh, that women have a place in space. And he's going to set up an all- female crew. It's kind of strange. It's also kind of strange that the rocket itself literally looks like Dr. Evil's rocket. It actually looks like a penis. And that's not an exaggeration. It actually does look like a penis. So he's going to put a bunch of women on a penis rocket and fire it into space. You already know what I think of that. The rocket itself, penis-shaped or otherwise, is phallic, and it penetrates the sky goddess, Nut. And a resulting pregnancy leads to the birth of something new. It's very ritualistic, very ceremonial, very powerful. It's not just NASA who does space rituals. It's also powerful, rich people like Jeff Bezos, who cheated on his other wife and then got divorced and then found this plastic woman and is going to send her into space on the penis. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this. It's the Crotch Rocket. We'll be right back.
It's 2023, the year of the rabbit, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on GroundZero.radio. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Hey there, it's Ryan Gable. You know you can always listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio. I don't need it. And for free in the monetized archives on our website or on any radio or podcast player. I don't need it. But you can also help support the show by subscribing to the ad-free archive with montages, digital books, and a private RSS feed. I definitely don't need it. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today. I need it! Your support economically and energetically will keep us on air into the future. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana? Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir. Or if that's not enough, check out Good Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings, but most importantly, it supports you. Broadcasting from somewhere between heaven, hell, and purgatory. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Release the Kraken! Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. So Jeff Bezos, one of the richest people on planet Earth, a lot of that wealth is not physical, it's just kind of assumed, but Jeff Bezos, one of the richest people on Earth, after throwing away 25 years of marriage to his one wife, his main wife, 25 years, a long time to be with somebody, he decided to take his penis out of his pants and put it in somebody else. So she divorced him and took, uh, was it $30 billion from him? Then she got divorced again from another person. Maybe she's kind of like a gold digger. I don't know. But Jeff Bezos, he's got a new girlfriend now. And after he cheated with his pee-pee on his one wife, he wants to show you how men treat women and how to do it correctly, how to do it the right way. And so he's deciding to send Lauren Sanchez, who is a, an experienced pilot. She's been a pilot for about 10 years. Uh, very plastic face. Uh, very plastic boobs, uh, very plastic, very Barbie-like, but uh, probably would be a pretty woman otherwise. Uh, <laughs> she, she, he's going to send her up to space. I'm sorry. He's going to send her up to space in a rocket. And uh, we found out that he was going to do this when she was being interviewed by the Wall Street Journal because this is what happens when you get fake tits and a fake plastic face and you start having sex with rich bald guys the Wall Street Journal wants to interview you. You suddenly become an expert on things. So the Wall Street Journal interviews Ms. Sanchez. And here's what she has to say. This blue rocket 
cult rocket penis thing that they're launching. It looks like a penis. Uh, they are going to launch this rocket with Miss Sanchez as the pilot, and they're going to have a crew of all female, all female astronauts. It's going to be women who are making a difference in the world and who are impactful and have a message to send. I'm super excited about it, she says. All right, now let's be fair, okay? Here's a woman who, in terms of being a pilot, is much more accomplished than I am. She's much more accomplished probably than most of you. I mean, she's banging Jeff Bezos, so she's much more accomplished than most of you ladies. She's got a lot more money, and she's also a pilot. So you, have, you can't just be handed that. You have to work hard to get that. So she probably worked very hard to get that. She probably worked very hard to get the, the plastic surgery and to get Jeff Bezos as well. But she worked hard to become a pilot, and that's not an easy thing. I was in Civil Air Patrol. I kind of was looking to go into the Air Force. I didn't know what I was doing or talking about. I was young in high school, and they were trying to recruit people. But it's, it's a complicated, difficult thing. So you have to really put in the effort to do that. Uh, the only, I've only flown a plane, flown a plane once, uh, but I did get my wings in Grand Theft Auto recently. So <laughs> I'm able to fly planes in that. So she's more accomplished than I am is the point in that way. But it's weird that she would say women are needy, like should they, we need women to make a difference. It's like, haven't women already made enough of a difference? Haven't empires literally like risen and fallen around the female? I mean, haven't there been powerful women throughout history that have led men astray or led men to be better men? Haven't there always been women that have done incredible things? And I, I don't just mean Joan of Arc and Cleopatra. I mean, countless women, just like countless men who you'll never hear about. Never hear about unless you go study one particular really niche piece of history. Like, for example, most Native American cultures that white liberals like to talk about as if they own them and uh, get to get to determine uh, you know, how they live their lives today because they're white liberals and they, they, like, to, they like to do that kind of thing. Uh, they usually neglect to acknowledge or mention, or they might not even know that most native cultures here in what we now call North America, the United States, were actually matriarchal in nature. And when men would go hunt or men would go to war or whatever the case was, the women weren't doing that. The women were making the decisions, not about the household, but in councils where they were deciding what the men would do. So the women were making decisions. They were on the councils. They were leading those communities. I mean, we can go everywhere from North America to the islands of Malta and Gozo to literally just anywhere in Europe to Asia. And you find that the centerpiece of most cultures is generally a penis and a vagina, male and female, but in particular, it's a female form that's distorted or very large, signifying prominence. And in most cultures, and even if they didn't refer to it in a goddess-like way, uh, we refer to these statues as Venus statues. If you're interested in looking up what those are, just type in Malta Venus statue. You'll be able to see it or type in, you know, European Venus statues or whatever, and you're going to find whether they call them Venus or not. That's, you know, that's the Roman, but it's the same 
same exact character, the same deity. Those are just, you know, Venus and Aphrodite. These are just expressions of the female form. But the statue represents the same all throughout the world. So for thousands of years, women have actually been making decisions in combat, in societal matters, family matters, etc. I'm not saying in matriarchal societies, men didn't make decisions. They, they, they did, but women kind of had the final say. Not in all societies, of course. Not every society was matriarchal. Some really weren't matriarchal or patriarchal. Some were patriarchal. Some were kind of a combination of both. Some were just everybody works together. Some were it doesn't matter male or female. The person who has the most money has the most power, power and controls people with the most amount of fear. They get to make the decisions. So women have been running cultures and societies for a very long time. Women have been making a difference in the world for a very long time. I know that because women have babies. I understand very, very fundamentally basic biology. And women have always been impactful and have always had a message to share. I don't understand why Ms. Sanchez and Jeff Bezos think that women need to be coddled and talked down to when Sanchez told the Wall Street Journal it's going to be women who are making a difference. What a degrading, demeaning thing to say. Of all the things that men and women have done to obtain more natural rights, of all the people who have died and the families that have been broken apart because a a mom or a dad dies as a result of conflict and war, all the people that have died and suffered over generations and generations and generations and generations, and all that just is forgotten about, Today, in 2023, the richest man in the world who cheated on his one wife and then got a plastic Barbie doll for a second wife or a girlfriend. They're not a couple yet, like husband, wife, but they're, you know, they're they're the the archetypical husband, wife, couple. We look up to the rich and powerful people like Bezos and Sanchez. So this woman who nobody nobody knew, but she's with Bezos. So suddenly the Wall Street Journal wants to interview her. And then they she's saying that women we, we need to make sure that women know that they they can make a difference. What woman doesn't know she can make a difference? Everybody can make a difference. Is it good? Is it bad? Like, what does this statement mean? What what does this mean? Nothing is what it means. It means nothing. But it's really degrading and demeaning because it also plays on people's ignorance of things like, well, there have been female astronauts since the 60s. And there have been matriarchal societies and cultures and Venus statues where the woman was honored and venerated above all else. One of the most iconic symbols in mythology is statue uh, is a statue of Isis. I am all that has been, ever will be, or ever I am all I'm all that is, ever has been, and ever will be. You know the the grand uh, shrine of Isa in Japan is fundamentally based on Ame Terasu, which is like the, you know, the creator, one of the creator deities. Uh, she's the sun of uh, the land of the, the eastern sun, the rising sun. So it's really strange, isn't it? It's really weird. It's bizarre that they just are so concerned with women, but these are the people that are cheating on their wives. These are the people that don't even look like women, like no offense to this lady, but she looks like a piece of plastic. That's not feminine. That's not, I'm not, uh, personally, I'm not attracted to that. I don't know what that is. It looks like a piece of plastic. I'm not interested in that. You might as well just buy a plastic sex doll. I just don't get this. It's, oh, women, women, women. Women what? There have been plenty of women in space. 
In fact, there's a lot of irony in a recent commercial three years ago from a company called Olay. You know Olay, the one that destroys uh, women's faces in the name of beauty? Olay ran this commercial. They spent God knows how much money. It was 30 seconds long, and they showed it during the Super Bowl three years ago. It's called Make Space for Women. Oh, it's clever. It's really clever. Make space, make space for women. I think women have a lot of space. In fact, women tend to have more space than men do in society, but that's neither here nor there. The advertisement, the commercial, features an actual astronaut who's an actual woman. But we still need to make more space for women. So I guess the whole point of this commercial is while you're kind of confused why a female astronaut who was able to become an astronaut because not of her looks, but because of her brains, and you need brains if you want to become an astronaut, uh, with a comedian and then an actress in an Olay commercial, which is a company that destroys femininity in the name of beauty, and the commercial's telling us that women need space, make space for women, we donate for, so women can become coders, as if you can't become a, a coder. Like, I, Who's stopping you from doing that? You can become an astronaut, you can become a coder. It's a big growing field. So the commercial's confusing, and I think you're supposed to be confused, and at the end you're supposed to think, oh, they care about me. They care about women. I'm going to go buy overpriced toxins and rub them on my face. And then in 30 years, I'll have potholes in my face that I'll need to buy more of their product to cover up. Is there enough space in space for women? Who wrote that? Are people really still asking that question? Operation Make Space for Women is ready for liftoff. Mission Control. Taraji B. Anthony here. We have the opposite of a problem. There is so much space up here. Well, I could have told you that. When we make space for women, we make space for everyone. One tweet equals one dollar to girls who code. What does this button do? It's also kind of funny and ironic that at the end of the commercial, the women in space are so stupid that they eject themselves from the spaceship. So once again, another commercial that's supposed to be about female empowerment and there's a black woman in it and an actual astronaut who's a woman who's an actual woman. But it's supposed to be about how women don't have power. Women don't have the ability to code. Women don't have uh, any kind of an ability to get a Ph.D. and go to space. But there's an actual astronaut who's an actual woman right there. And it's supposed to be about female empowerment and how women are smart. But then at the end, they actually inject themselves from the ship because they're so stupid. But it's Olay and it's it's good for your face. Like, my God, I hope that there are women that can see through these companies, whether it's a makeup company, a food company or whatever. You know, we talked about on Friday how Fitbit, for example, how ice cream commercials, how Gatorade commercials, they use fat, obese black women which is really weird. Why not just use fat women or just use black women? Why, why does it always have to be a fat black woman? I don't understand that. That seems really degrading and demeaning. And, the, you know, I'm offended on behalf of women. This Olay commercial is extremely offensive. But you know what it is? Ultimately, it's just simple, raw propaganda. It's psychology. It's like, oh, look, there's women. And they can be astronauts. And if I tweet this, then Olay gives a dollar of their poison profit to girls that want to code. And um, hey, look, there's a real astronaut, but I'll kind of ignore that because women can't go into space. And then at the end, they all eject themselves. And that's not demeaning. That's just funny. And I think I'll go buy some Olay. That's what you're supposed to think. That's how stupid they think you are. I'm not stupid, though. You're not stupid either. That's the Olay commercial. 
And uh, that is really kind of the the visual version of the, at the moment, the theoretical planned space flight of a group of women that are going to be launched on Jeff Bezos's Shepard rocket in a suborbital flight. That rocket is supposed to launch sometime next year, they hope. It's Blue Origin, owned by Jeff Bezos. That rocket was actually grounded following a failed suborbital launch just a couple of months ago. September of 2022, the booster succumbed to a fiery anomaly just 65 seconds after launch when the rocket and capsule were 29,000 feet above the ground. The booster then impacted the ground. It crashed, but there were no crew on board at the time and no reports of property damage. So shortly after, the Federal Aviation Administration, the FAA, promptly grounded the new Shepard and announced an investigation into the booster failure. Blue Origin has been very quiet, of course, about the incident. We're eagerly awaiting an update. So Sanchez's mission is going to be one of the first to take place. It's the first major announcement of future missions around Blue Origin and the new Shepard rocket, but there's no date set for the mission yet. And the, FD, uh, the FAA will investigate that, and they should, but the FAA isn't investigating pilots who are having heart attacks and strokes because, well, that's not happening. So we have a rocket we have a plastic Barbie doll. We have an ultra-rich supervillain. And that just makes for a good show in and of itself. But it gets even better. If you look at our promo tonight, you can see it. I took the scene from uh, Austin Powers. And I put Jeff Bezos' face on Dr. Evil. So he's doing the little finger thing. And put him, you know, he's on the mountain. And in Austin Powers, Dr. Evil has a spaceship a rocket shaped like a penis and uh, like an exaggerated penis in real life. The rocket there in that promo is actually a blue origin rocket. It literally looks like a penis. Now, when I say that, I know that for some people that might kind of sound vulgar, but it's, it's just nature. Okay. Women have vaginas, men have penises. It's just how nature works. I'm not going to get graphic about it, but, what do you think a rocket in general doesn't matter if it's blue origin, Dr. Evil's rocket, or if it's up an, an Apollo rocket, it's the Saturn V rocket or it's SpaceX. It all represents the same thing. It's very phallic, right? And that phallic rocket, when it is launched, penetrates the atmosphere, right? And then it goes reportedly into space. I don't know. I've never been to space, so maybe space doesn't exist, but it supposedly goes into space. So what you have there, if you think about it for a second, you have a penis or a phallic object which protrudes from the ground of the earth, which is in Egypt called Geb, and then it launches, gets excited and launches, and penetrates the sky or penetrates the atmosphere, which the counterpart of Geb is named Nut, N-U-T. And it is a coming together 
a unification of nut and geb that creates the sky, creates the heavens, the ground, and the earth. It creates the, the physical world that we live in, that we inhabit, that we interact with each other in. The foundation, the structure of, well, our blue origin, if you will. Now, we talked about the recent NASA missions where they were trying to launch that rocket, and for some reason they could get a rocket and people to the moon and back in the 60s, but couldn't get a rocket to launch with, with uh, modern technology today. There were leaks in the, in the fuel tank, cracks, bolts exploding or missing or something. I don't know, they didn't tighten something. There's cracks in the... <laughs> in the I, just, I find it hard to believe NASA can't launch this rocket. So, which is, it's probably staged, not in the sense it's not real, but it's probably like they don't really have a lot of people at NASA. So it's staged in the sense that to the public, NASA's failing. So let's just put all of our space travel in SpaceX and Blue Origin and things like that. I think it's meant to undermine the space program so that it becomes privatized. And then you thought NASA was hiding things. Well, some billionaires with a lot of stuff to hide already are definitely not going to tell you what's up there. Blue Origin, NASA rockets, you know, Saturn V, doesn't really matter. They're all penises. Dr. Evil's rocket just happens to look like a penis, and so does Dr. Evil from Austin Powers. I mean, Jeff Bezos' rocket looks like a penis. It, it literally looks like a penis. So the penis is penetrating the sky. It's similar to the mountains that uh, are sacred places in most cultures. Uh, Mount Ararat. Mount Sinai, places where God communicated with man, the Ten Commandments, the Ark of Noah. So you have this idea that's all, all around the world of heaven and earth merging together, whether that's in the form of rocks and mountains in the sky and the heavens, or it's in the form of Nut, the sky goddess and Geb, the earth god, or it's the Native American traditions of Mother Nature, you know, the idea of Father Time, you know, Mother, Father archetypes, male, female comes together, creates the world, it's alchemy, that's how the world works. Then when you actually design a rocket to actually look like an actual penis, you get an actual literal, very, very visible ritual where you're shooting a penis into the heavens. But not only that, Jeff Bezos is going to shoot his penis into the heavens with a crew full of women. Now, if I was Lauren Sanchez, I wouldn't leave Jeff Bezos unattended because he has a tendency to cheat on the women that he's with. That's why he sends them to space so he can bang his way through an eyes wide shut party, probably. Or maybe he likes men. I don't know. But Lauren Sanchez, who's a pilot, she's a pilot. Give her that. Very skilled. I don't think I could be able to do that in this lifetime. But Jeff Bezos is, you know, his new squeeze, Lauren Sanchez. She's going to be put on this penis rocket. And it's not a joke. It's a very real thing. And with a crew of other women, she's going to pilot it. It's a suborbital flight. They're not going to Mars or something. But she's going to pilot it and then maybe, you know, bring it back to show that women can do something. And she even said that. It's about women. And she said it's going to be women who are making a difference in the world and who are impactful. Personally, I'm not sure how a suborbital flight for about 15 minutes, is going to change the world for women. I'm not sure how that is impactful for women. I think it's actually one small step backwards for women. Because the last time I checked, there were dozens of 
female astronauts. And whether they're German or they're Russian or they're American or they're Japanese or they're whatever. All over the world, women have been astronauts. They've either gone to space or they've been held in reserve for a long time. In fact, there's so many women that have gone into space that I want to annoy you by reading this long, long list of women. I'm going to name all the women. This is just one list. All the women I can think of who have been into space, who have been in reserve. NASA.gov even has this on their website. Women, and Women's History Month, women who have been crew members on the uh, space station. This was a report from last year. Uh, let me read you some of those. Kayla Barron, NASA astronaut. Megan MacArthur. Shannon Walker. I think she went to MIT. Kate Rubens. Jessica Meir. Christina Koch. Anne McLean. I've actually heard of Anne McLean. Serena M. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Unan Chancellor. Uh, Peggy Winston. I've heard of Peggy Winston. Samantha Cristo Foretti. Elena Sarova. The list just keeps going on and on. I'm going to read it all to you because you're going to hear it. Uh, Karine Nyberg. Sunita Williams. Katie Coleman. Tracy Caldwell Dyson. And so on and so forth. These are just some women recently, according to NASA, who have been crew members on the International Space Station. Now, that's just the ISS. How about astronauts otherwise who have gone into space for other reasons? Or if they haven't gone into space, they've at least been astronauts who have been confirmed and on standby for emergencies or backup or whatever. Mentioned Christina Koch, Peggy Winston. There's Stephanie Wilson. Uh, Yelena Sarova. There is Jessica Watkins, Susan Helms, Nicole Mann, Lou Yang, Judith Resnick, Pamela Melroy, Naoko Yamazaki, Megan Christian, uh, Jenny Sidney, uh, Chaiki Mukai, Ann Fisher, Sarisha Bandia, Barbara Morgan, Kelpana Chalwa, or Chawla, I think she was the first Indian to go into space, Jasmine Maghel, or Moghel, or McBell. Let me zoom in to see that. Excuse me, Jasmine Mogbelly, Catherine Sullivan, Eileen Collins, Shannon Lucid, Kayla Barron, Sally Ride, one of the most famous that nobody knows, uh, Jessica Meir, Anne McLean, I think I mentioned Anne McLean, Kathleen Rubens, Samantha Cristo Ferretti, I think I mentioned her too, uh, Megan MacArthur, Valentina, and I told you about her earlier, Valentina Tereshkova, Tereshkova, Yi Soyon, she was a Korean astronaut, Helen Sharman, Ray Sedan, Susan Kilrane, Laurel O'Hara, Nicole Winter. I mean, there's literally dozens and 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 dozens of female astronauts. They don't tell you that because it doesn't fit into the narrative. They act as if women could never go to space. Why? Women are smart. In fact, women tend to be smarter than men on average. And that's 
more than half the battle. So why couldn't women go into space? It's like they keep women artificially in this mental prison. And then rich, powerful people like Jeff Bezos, who cheats on his wife, says, we're going to send an all-women crew into space on a penis rocket, and that will liberate you. But it's done very ritualistically, and there's just something weird going on here. This is The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. There is a lot more after this coming up. You don't want to miss it. Tonight's show, Crotch Rocket, one small step backwards for women. And you better believe, figuratively speaking, it is a step backwards for all women and all mankind for that matter. www.thesecretteachings.info, rdgable at yahoo.com. We'll be back. Thanks, Ryan. This is David Knight with the davidknightshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teaching. From the occult and theology to history and the paranormal, The Secret Teachings Radio Show brings you that and more Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. If you're looking to learn more in 2023, then look no further than books from The Secret Teachings. The Technological Elixir explores UFOs, artificial intelligence, and demonic contracts in the entertainment industry. Liberty Shrugged is an illuminating and nonpartisan look into American history, focusing on natural law, slavery, and the war for independence. Food philosophy is not a diet book, but it does help alleviate confusion over food industry propaganda with specific focus on bizarre ingredients that are put into your foods. And Occult Arcana is a compendium of esoteric wisdom, from theology and sympathetic magic to witchcraft, voodoo, and the origins of holidays. Get physical and digital copies of these books only at www.thesecretteachings.info. And remember, all physical books also come with a digital copy as well. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You know you can always listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio and for free in the monetized archives on our website or on any radio or podcast player. But you can also help support the show by subscribing to the ad-free archive with montages, digital books, and a private RSS feed. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today. Your support economically and energetically will keep us on air into the future. Thank you for your support. Hi, this is Laura. I'm from Las Vegas, and I listen to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable because he never fails to provide us with great information from various topics on which he's done extensive and thorough research to back him. Thank you for all that you do and all your hard work, Ryan, and thank you for sharing it with the rest of us. This is David Icke, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Why else would you show up with that thing on your back just three days before President Business is going to use the crackle to end the world? President Business is going to end the world? But he's such a good guy. In Octan, they make good stuff. Music, dairy products, coffee, TV shows, surveillance systems, all history books, voting machines. Wait a minute. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. Think about your hero. When you're at ground zero and crawl up to the fall of back to me. 
Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. It's more recent, so maybe you know the name, Nicole Mann, Nicole Mann, M-A-N-N. Last year in October 2022, NPR reported the successful launch of a SpaceX mission, the first native woman to go into space. Mission took them to the International Space Station such a big deal, don't you think? Such a big thing. First Native woman to go into space. I mean, I don't know if I really think it's that big of a deal because according to most Native legends, they already were in space long before our civilization was here. Native people came from space or their ancestors came from space or came from the stars, but I say that tongue-in-cheek. I'm kind of joking around, although that is true. Nicole Mann became the first Native woman to go to space with the latest SpaceX mission. Nicole Mann is the mission commander on the SpaceX Dragon spacecraft, which launched on Wednesday back in early October 2022. SpaceX launched its crew space mission to the International Space Station. And there goes Nicole Mann, the first native woman to go to space. It's kind of strange that when we have whether it's philanthropists and billionaires and private space travel or it's NASA, federally funded space travel. The focus is on the genitalia and the skin color of the astronauts. Now, I find that bizarre because ultimately in the universe, you'd imagine that there is limitless, there's unlimited forms of life, and you're going to come across everything. So maybe that's why we should send spaceships with every ethnicity and race on planet Earth, so maybe we can, you know, maybe our language is close to some alien race, I don't know, that we interact with at some point in the future. But that's more Star Trekky, You know, in reality, it's weird to focus on the skin color or the genitalia or whatever, because... When you really break it down, you know, NASA also obviously has different um, methods and different requirements for astronauts than like maybe SpaceX or Blue Origin, although they work together with NASA to some degree. But if you want to be an astronaut, you have to go through a rigorous training process. You have to be very knowledgeable, very skilled wise, able to think on your feet. You have to be in shape, healthy. They're not sending 300-pound progressive preschool teachers into space. They're, they're not smart. They're overweight, so we can't afford to send them. And they're not individ, individuals that, that need to be represented. They're, they're not, there isn't a group of people being chosen because they're in a particular group of people. They're choosing the best candidate, usually. So let's look at what it is, you know, what it means, what it is to be an astronaut. And NASA says 
that there are some basic requirements. And most of these basic requirements are requirements that the average person, college-educated or otherwise, the basic average person, black, white, Chinese, whatever, the basic person has not accomplished. So the basic requirements to apply include U.S. citizenship. So there's about, what, a, a couple million illegal aliens that uh, don't qualify to be astronauts. NASA might make an exception for that in the future. It's discrimination against people who aren't citizens, not allow them around billion-dollar equipment, and basically what amounts to a small tactical nuclear weapon that could explode and kill a lot of people. So we probably shouldn't allow those kinds of people without a background check and without the knowledge and skill how to operate it on a space shuttle. Uh, we do let them into our power facilities, though, but that's a, that's a separate thing. So you have to have U.S. citizenship. For some people, that's really hard. That's a very difficult thing to understand. You have to have a master's degree in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics fields, or STEM, S-T-E-M, and a minimum of two years of relevant professional experience or somewhere around 1,000 hours of pilot-in-command time in jet aircraft. Okay, that's just the basic requirement to apply. Teaching experience, including experience at K through 12 levels. Maybe they are going to be looking into hiring progressive preschool teachers, although pre-K is a little, little bit before K. Maybe they'll make an exception because progressive preschool teachers with green hair are not so far represented in the, in the astronaut pool. But this is considered to be qualifying experience for the astronaut candidate position, provided that the degree you have is in science, engineering, or mathematics. So let's think about this seriously. If you want to just apply to NASA, if you want to just apply to be an astronaut, you need to be a U.S. citizen. You need to have a master's degree in STEM, S-T-E-M, science, technology, engineering, or mathematics, or more than one field, and a minimum of two years of professional experience or at least 1,000 hours of pilot-in-command time in jet aircraft. Okay, for, I don't think I've even been in a commercial jet for more than a few, maybe like 200 hours in my life. For people that fly a lot, even, it's, it's doubtful that you've been in a commercial airliner for more than 1,000 hours, the average person. This is pilot in command time in a jet aircraft where you're in control. You need 1,000 hours of that just to apply to NASA or two years of relevant professional experience. So they're not just hiring based on race or gender. If a woman has these requirements, she can apply. If she doesn't, she can't apply. That's not discrimination in the same way that if a man applies but doesn't have those experiences, doesn't have those qualifications, he will be rejected. If I apply to become an astronaut as a, quote, white straight male, whatever that means, I will be rejected because I do not have a master's degree in science, technology, engineering, or mathematics. I am a U.S. citizen. I don't have two years of professional experience in those fields. And I've never been in a plane where I'm in control of the jet aircraft. I flew a little tiny Cessna-type plane for about five minutes one time. But there was another pilot there. He was, he was probably flying, and I wasn't actually flying it. I was younger. Civil Air Patrol. So I don't have any of these qualifications except I'm a U.S. citizen. NASA wouldn't even look at my application. 
So much for white privilege, right? Or straight privilege or whatever it is. The requirement for the master's degree can also be met through these ways. And maybe, I, maybe I'll qualify by looking at some of the other possible alternative requirements. Two years of work toward a PhD program in a related science, technology, engineering, or math field. A completed doctor of medicine or doctor of osteopathic medicine degree. Or completion or current enrollment that will result in completion by, as when this was published, 2021, of a nationally recognized test pilot school program. Yeah, I don't have any of those, so I still can't apply. The following degree fields, while related to engineering and the sciences, are not considered qualifying. So, as a man or a woman, if you have degrees in certain things that might take you a long time, that might be technical, you might have to be mathematically inclined, degrees in aviation, degrees in uh, physiology, uh, nursing, psychology, even certain degrees in technology, medical technology, engineering technology, uh, various different fields that you would think might qualify you, you, you still don't qualify. Okay, this is just like the basic stuff that you have to have to have to become an astronaut. And that doesn't even mean you'll be accepted, and even fewer people who are accepted are actually going to make it through the whole thing and become an actual astronaut. And even fewer of them are actually going to be put onto a penis rocket and shot into space. So... You can either be a U.S. citizen, have a master's degree in one of these fields, and they're still very specific even once you get into the fields, 1,000 hours of pilot and command time in a jet aircraft, two years of work on a Ph.D. program as an alternative, be a doctor of medicine or a doctor of osteopathic medicine, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Or you can get fake tits, a fake face, and bang a crazy-eyed bald man who has a couple hundred billion dollars. One way or the other, one way or the other, you could become an astronaut. One of them is just guaranteed. That would be the Sanchez route with Jeff Bezos. The other one is not guaranteed. You actually have to work really hard to get there. Now, she is a pilot, to be fair to her. Jeff Bezos' girlfriend, she is a pilot. But to fulfill NASA's requirements, I don't think she'd be approved if she was to apply to be an astronaut. She just we can assume, rode Jeff Bezos, and then he put her on his second penis, which is his literal rocket that looks like a penis, and is going to shoot her into space with a bunch of other women. Because progressive. Even though Jeff Bezos is only with her because he cheated on his last wife, so now he's going to show you how to treat women. So based on what I've explained to you, what I've read from NASA's website, from their FAQ section... What are the basic standard requirements that you have to have to be an astronaut? I would imagine that most of you listening, like we could combine our our knowledge and our skills and our backgrounds, and I bet you me combined with any two or three of you still wouldn't qualify for, to, to, to be an astronaut, okay? So that doesn't matter if you're black, you're white, you're green, you're purple. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, you don't qualify to even to even apply unless you meet certain criteria. Okay? So it's not a racial or a sexual thing. Astronaut candidates must also, there's more stuff, must also be able to pass the NASA long-duration astronaut physical, 
which includes the following specific requirements. So you need more. You need more to be an astronaut. This is just this is just basic requirements to be approved in the application process. That doesn't mean you're going to withstand the training and actually go on to be an astronaut. Two things. Distant and near visual activity must be correctable to 2020 in each eye. The use of glasses is acceptable. The refractive surgical procedures of the eye, PRK, and LASIK are allowed. Surgeries are permitted, but not required for potential applicants. So you don't have to have those surgeries. You can, you can wear glasses, but you have to have really good eyesight. And you'd hope that the person piloting the craft theoretically would have good eyesight because you don't want to crash that multi-billion dollar piece of equipment into the ground or into a satellite or into a planet or into something else. Like you want them to be able to see. Now, is that discrimination against people who are blind? Probably. Number two, since all crew members will be expected to fly aboard spacecraft and perform spacewalks, applicants must meet the anthro Pometric requirements for the spacecraft and the space suit. Applicants brought in for an interview will be evaluated to ensure they meet the anthropometric requirements. So I don't know if you know what anthropometric means, but it means the scientific study of the measurements and proportions of the human body. In other words, if you're 250, 300 pounds, it's really likely that they're going to laugh in your face. Okay, Lizzo might be a talented musician. Maybe she's not. But Lizzo isn't going to be getting on a spaceship anytime soon because she's literally too big for the suit and she's too heavy to take off. So unless she's a crew of one and they've stripped that rocket to the bare bone and even pulled fuel out of it, she ain't gone into space, people like that. Okay? Neither is that Tess Holiday. You can get all the colorful tattoos you want to cover up your salient, but it does, you're not going to go into space. It's not discrimination. It's not shame. It's actual science. It's real science. Like rocket science, I'm not a rocket scientist, but from what I understand, it's pretty precise. I grew up around NASA. I went to rocket launches, and they always tell you about how meticulous, I mean, I've been into the facility. I, my first girl I ever dated, her dad was a, a scientist or an engineer at NASA, so I got like a special tour. I mean, whether you believe NASA is real or not, it's still pretty incredible what, what these people can build. And I've seen the rockets launch with my own eyes, so I know they're, they're going somewhere. I don't know where they're going, but they're going somewhere. Maybe it's a hologram. They're going somewhere. The last rocket launch, or actually I saw a space shuttle launch. The last space shuttle I saw launch, you know, the, they give you the specs and tell you tell you all about it, and it's pretty standard knowledge. Like the, if there's a little tiny issue, like a little crack or a bolt isn't tightened enough, the thing could detonate like, like a bomb. And, and that's why they, you, when you're going to watch these rockets launch, or you're going to watch these shuttles launch, they put you, you know, on the other side of, of Cape Canaveral. So you're very far away from the launch pad because it's one, it's a giant rocket or a shuttle launching, but two, if it explodes, they, I mean, I was told by by several NASA people that it's something like a, a small nuclear weapon detonating. It's that would it's just a giant tube of rocket fuel. What do you think it's going to do? So it's it's a big thing, and you need a lot of 
not of understanding of math and physics to, you know, the, the thrust and the gravity and all that. I don't know how the numbers work. I'm not Matilda. But you, once you get all that together, then you can figure out, you know, how much it's why it costs $10,000 to put a certain amount of weight into space. So if you're overweight, you ain't going into space, period. You got to be in shape. You have to be intelligent. You have to work hard. You have to, that's just to be accepted into the application and to be accepted in the basic interview. Then the work really starts. So all these women who have been astronauts, okay, the first American woman, Sally Ride, the first woman, Valentina Tereshkova, like th- these are women that are, that are above par to the average woman and to the average man. These are really smart, usually really healthy, really intelligent, really powerful women and people in general. Are we supposed to diminish, and that's what this Jeff Bezos and his plastic Barbie doll partner, who at least she is a pilot, so at least she knows how to fly, uh, Lauren Sanchez. We're supposed to think, because Lauren Sanchez told the Wall Street Journal this This is about women. It's going to be women who are making a difference in the world. I mean, after reading those requirements to become an astronaut or furthermore, just to apply to be an astronaut. I mean, that's just NASA. I I don't know if the Soviet Union, they might have had less strict restrictions, but all these women go to astronomy.com, type in female astronauts. Look at all these women. Look at these women that have been astronauts that have gone through those training courses that have they have the degrees. They have the knowledge. I mean, these women are, are brilliant. And Jeff Bezos and Lauren Sanchez and all the people that are like, yeah, put women on a rocket. Women, women, women. Like that Olay commercial I played. Make space for women. Excuse me, but women have made a lot of incredible progress in places that are not about ma- uh, masculine and feminine or man or woman. It's about are you in shape? Can you withstand it? Can you maintain your sanity? And can you also do this, 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 or this in math, science, engineering, etc.? Because it doesn't matter if you're a woman, a man, black, white, green, purple, yellow, it doesn't matter. You could look like the Crayola color wheel and have two penises, three vaginas, and something else. They're not going to let you on the spaceship because you're not qualified. And this is one of the best examples of how stupid and how ridiculous the idea is that we need to fight for women to have these rights. What are you talking about? For 60 years, women have been on rockets and space shuttles. From the very beginning of space flight, women have been in space. Period. You just don't know who these women are. I would bet you, I'd bet a lot of money, that the average person on the street who is a progressive like activist could not tell you who Sally Ride is. I would put big money on that. I bet you they couldn't tell you who Sally Ride is because the average person can't even name an astronaut. Okay? So they're definitely not going to be able to name a female astronaut, even if she was the first American to go into space. Is that because they're, they're hypocrites? Not necessarily. It's just because we don't learn about these things. Name an astronaut. Go ahead, name an astronaut. What astronaut do you think the average person is going to name? Armstrong, Aldrin. Those are the the main <laughs> astronauts that people are going to name. So the average person doesn't know that. 
they certainly don't know about female astronauts. Uh, I, I, I think, I mean, that's what I think. Neil Armstrong, I think John Glenn and Alan Shepard. I mean, those Buzz Aldrin always, always comes to mind, but those are like the four main ones that, that I think about that I, that I know. And I don't know many more. Okay, and I even grew up around NASA and central Florida and NASA stuff all the time, all over the place. I only know like four astronauts off the top of my head with the exception of Sally Ride. You name a few, I might know the names, but I don't have them locked in my memory. So it's not really that people are hypocrites. They just don't know, which is what makes commercials like Olay and their Make Space for Women commercial with an actual astronaut in it. It's what makes it more demeaning because it plays on people's ignorance, both women and men. And let me tell you what Olay wants you to think when you watch this commercial. They want you to think, I'll play it for you. Is there enough space in space for women? Who wrote that? Are people really still asking that question? Yeah, so you shouldn't ask that question because that question is offensive. Because, of course, women can go into space, you misogynistic pig. You patriarchal, crazy man, toxic male. Operation Make Space for Women is ready for liftoff. So women go into space. Mission Control. Taraji B. Antonia. We have the opposite. Gotta have the token black lady. So much space up here. Well, I could have told you that. And then they show you the real astronaut, Nicole Scott, while they just were showing you that people don't want, I guess, women to go into space, but there's an actual astronaut who went through all this NASA training that became an astronaut. When we make space for women, we make space for everyone. One tweet equals one dollar to girls who code. What does this button do? Eject. No! And then they eject themselves into space because apparently women are stupid enough to, to do that, <laughs> which is really I'm, I'm super offended by it for any woman I know who I'm friends with. I, I feel offended. I feel like they're making fun of you. I feel like they're mocking you. I feel like they're discriminated against you, but they're telling you it's for your own good. Buy Olay products. You listen to that. You watch that. What they really want you to think is they're good because they care about women but they're still going to demean and degrade and make women look like they're stupid and can't do what the commercial started out suggesting women couldn't do, and that is go into space, which is a ludicrous statement if someone actually believes that because plenty of women have gone into space. And, um, you know, I again, my favorite comedian, one of my favorite comedians, Bill Burr, he had a, he had a good bit on something like this. He was talking about a long time ago, before racial issues became so so tense in the modern day. Uh, he was saying something about like movies. Like how many movies are they going to make about some white person who goes to the ghetto and gets beat up and then they decide they're going to, the black kids decide they're going <laughs> to, was that Freedom Writers or something? They're going to help the, the white woman and you know they're going to help her teach or whatever. How many movies are they going to make like that? Because they make a bunch of movies like that. And he's like, they're running out of things to, uh, things about like racism, though, basketball, football, whatever. And he, and he said, <laughs> we're going to have like the, 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 like a racist swim team or something and just have some guy yelling in the, in the commercial, there's black people in the pool. You know, they're going to make it smell weird or something like that. Like, how much more of this garbage can we take? Okay. How much more of this can, can how many more movies and TV shows and documentaries and, all the radio shows and podcasts and news reports about black, 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 black discrimination or female discrimination. Oh, women don't have power. 
Well, thanks for telling women they don't have power. That makes them feel like they don't have power. Women have plenty of power. Women have a lot of power. I mean, women are pretty strong. I, that you, you can have a baby. I can't. That's pretty powerful. That's been making a difference in the world for a long time. Someone should let Lauren Sanchez know that women have been making a difference in the world by having kids and doing things that men can't do for a very, 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 very long time, for thousands and thousands of years. But Olay doesn't care. Jeff Bezos doesn't care. He cheated on his wife, and that's why they got a divorce, one of the reasons. So he has to make it seem like he cares about women. It's just a PR stunt is what it is. It's a PR stunt. Just like Olay. They don't, Olay doesn't care about women conceptually. They care about selling women products by making them feel small, by making them feel unattractive, by making them feel even arguably ugly. So they sell them toxic poison to rub on their face. You know, uck you, Olay, and Jeff Bezos and Lauren Sanchez. Screw these people. It's disgusting. And then they get to be the arbiters of what is considered acceptable behavior and speech and what is considered an acceptable uh, form of activism. It's, dis- it's really disgusting. It's disingenuous. It's offensive. To- I'm offended by it, and I don't really get offended. I'm offended by it. It's gross. It's disgusting. But then you look into the history books and there's Sally Ride, first American to fly in space, PhD in physics at Stanford. I couldn't even get into Stanford if I wanted to. Five years of training with NASA. She flew in the Challenger in 1983. She was investigating the Challenger disaster much later and she also investigated the space shuttle Columbia crash. And of course, in, a, in an appropriate and in a proper way and in a way that I got no problems with whatsoever. Sally Ride was a major driving force in motivating young women to pursue science. She devoted the final years of her career to the cause. She died of pancreatic cancer in 2012, probably from space travel. So here's a woman who's the first American in space, PhD in physics, five years of training. Five years of training. The average person doesn't want to wait more than a few seconds for the instant gratification of social media or food or anything. This woman trained for five years. Rigorous, harsh, hardcore. Use your brain and body to the point of breaking it. For five years. I mean, it's not the military, but it's equivalent in terms of the training, especially back in her day. The training, the training, the training. See, I've probably gotten a lot more intense since then. Doesn't matter what day and age it's in. It's to be an astronaut, you need to be the best of the best of the best of the best of the best. She was one of the best. And she went on to encourage young women and to get into science. And that's cool. That's fantastic. That's, that's what it should be. But they're usurping Sally Ride. They're usurping her her image and the, the, and the icon that she is to people that know a little bit about the history of space travel. And Lauren Sanchez, when she said, women are going to make a difference, we have to show them that women are impactful and have a message to send. Really? Well, Sally Ride had a message. She also had a PhD in physics from Stanford, went through five years of training, was a investigator on two disasters, Challenger and Columbia, 
And then she went on to spend her career encouraging young women to get involved in science. Sounds pretty influential, impactful, and powerful to me, Lauren Sanchez, but I guess they just didn't get the memo. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this. Don't go anywhere. It's 2023, the year of the rabbit, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Dot Radio. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. Hey there, it's Ryan Gable. You know you can always listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Dot Radio. I don't need it. And for free in the monetized archives on our website or on any radio or podcast player. I don't need it. But you can also help support the show by subscribing to the ad-free archive with montages, digital books, and a private RSS feed. I definitely don't need it. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info and subscribe today. I need support economically and energetically will keep us on air into the future. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana? Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir. Or if that's not enough, check out Good Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings, but most importantly, it supports you. Broadcasting from somewhere between heaven, hell, and purgatory. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Release the Kraken! Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. So once again, in the name of equality and justice and all these words that are essentially meaningless, we have a total dismissal of history, neglecting of history. We have a demeaning and degrading of the accomplishments of plenty of women, 60-something years of space travel and space flight. Korean women, Japanese women, Russian women, American women, you name it. Even recently, a Native woman on a SpaceX flight to the ISS. Native women and Indian women. They've all been into space. You know that it takes a lot of hard work to become an astronaut. The basic requirements are, outside of a U.S. citizenship, a master's degree in science, engineering, technology, mathematics, the STEM fields. Two years of professional experience that's relevant or a thousand hours of pilot-in-command time in a jet aircraft. Other requirements, instead of the master's degree, include two years of work toward a Ph.D. program related to science, technology, engineering, or math a doctor of medicine or doctor of osteopathic medicine degree, 
completion of a nationally recognized test pilot school program. However, the following degrees, although they relate to engineering and science, are not considered qualifying, including many degrees in technology, psychology, nursing, physiology, social sciences, even in aviation, aviation management, etc. None of these fields are accepted in exchange for that master's degree in or those PhD requirements in science, technology, engineering, or math. You also have to have 20-20 vision, and you are required with an in-person evaluation to meet anthropometric requirements, which is the measurements and proportions of the human body. So if they are not proportionate, you can't fit in the suit, goodbye. Thank you for coming. So even if you have all these qualifications, if you're not in shape, you can't be an astronaut. Now, this is not about people's weight or people's looks. It's not about people's sex or people's gender or any of that stuff. Because rocket science doesn't care what you identify as. Rocket science doesn't care what is between your legs. It's a science. And those emotionally driven, ego-driven identity factors play no part whatsoever in the crunching of numbers. So you have to do all that to qualify, and then you have to train furthermore, and then maybe you'll be selected to a mission. Now, it's a little bit different now because of Blue Origin and SpaceX, but these have been the requirements of NASA, generally speaking, for decades. And they've changed a little here or there, but it's pretty much the same. You need to be an expert in your field, or at the very least, one of the leading experts in your field. And perhaps expert's not the right word, but you need to be very well versed in your field to the point where you could teach it. And you need to have the physical requirements, including you know the right body shape and size. We have suits that you have to fit into. We, we might be able to adjust them, but you, you, got, you can't be 400 pounds. And then you have to train and train and train and train and train and train and train. And then maybe one day you'll get to go into space. Take Sally Ride, for example. PhD in physics at Stanford University. Selected as an astronaut candidate by NASA after she finished that PhD. So she had the PhD in physics and simultaneously had applied to NASA. She did it all at once. She had five years of training that's after the requirements, and flew on the Space Shuttle Challenger in 1983. Her flight came just less than a year after Svetlana Savitskaya became the second woman to fly in space. She actually became the first woman to fly in space twice. You can imagine what her nationality is by that name. We mentioned her earlier. Ride also flew in the Challenger again the next year in 1984. And after the Challenger disaster in 1986, she served on the team that investigated the cause of the explosion. She also was involved in the investigation of the space shuttle Columbia crash. And something that I very much agree with, she was a major driving force in motivating young women to pursue science. And she devoted the final years of her career to that cause before she died in 2012. Now I'm focused on Sally Ride because this is an American-based radio show. We talked about the cosmonauts earlier. She was the first American woman to fly in space. 
let me get you the number again. What year was it? 1983. You want to do the math on how long ago that was? It was like nine years before I was born. So I don't know when that shuttle launched, like eight, eight years, eight and a half years before I was born. So she was, she was a pioneer, wouldn't you say? She was a very skilled woman, very knowledgeable First American woman in space. And then she led investigations where she was on the team of investigators. I'm sure she led certain aspects of it. She wasn't the lead completely, but she was on an investigative team. And when you're an investigative team of something like that, I mean, an FAA investigation is one thing, but this is an investigation of a space shuttle or of a rocket. This is, this is hardcore stuff. It's the best of the best of the best of the best of the best who's going to investigate that. Trustworthy, intelligent people. Sally Ride was one of those people. And that gets me fired up. Like, I want to go to the store. I want to get a biography of Sally Ride. I want to read about her life. That's powerful. I don't care if she's a woman. I care what she accomplished because that is, she is an American icon that most people don't even know. And I usually don't like biographies, but I'm I'm probably going to go get a Sally Ride biography and read it now. Because that's powerful. That is impactful. That makes a difference in the world. On the other side of the proverbial coin, you have Lauren Sanchez, who, although she's a pilot and we give her credit for that, she's going to space because she rubbed a bald man's head. And the bald man who cheated on his other wife, who's now with this lady, he is going to show you how great he is with women by putting Lauren Sanchez with a bunch of other females on to, and they don't even tell you, like, we're looking for an engineer, we're looking for this, we're looking for, we're just looking for women to go. And he's going to launch them on the Blue Origin Shepard rocket, which is shaped like a penis, into space for 15 minutes, and that's supposed to be impactful, Lauren Sanchez says. It's going to be women who are making a difference in the world and who are impactful and have a message to send. Really? I think Sally Ride did that 40 years ago. I think she paved the way for American women. Well, there's more than just Sally Ride. Krista McAuliffe, or McAuliffe, Krista McAuliffe, a New Hampshire high school social studies teacher, she died in the Space Shuttle Challenger disaster in 1986, which was investigated by Sally Ride. She never reached space, but her legacy, of course, lives on. She was chosen by NASA for their Teacher in Space Project, selected as a way for the space agency to honor teachers while simultaneously encouraging students to go into STEM careers, science, technology, engineering, math. And the whole point of sending her to space, the goal was once she reached orbit, the plan was to have her teach lessons to school kids around the country to inspire them from space and to teach them from space. She's the first teacher in space. A man wasn't the first teacher in space. A woman was the first teacher in space. Along with her six fellow astronauts, she unfortunately died in the Challenger explosion, but she still paved the way for women astronauts. Then there's Mai Jimison, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name wrong or right. It's M-A-E, May Jimison, J-E-M-I-S-O-N. I don't mean to be disrespectful. I'm just not sure how to pronounce the name. She was born in Alabama in 1956, She was the first African-American woman in space. Very bright at a very young age. She went to college at 16 years old. 
earned an engineering degree from Stanford University, then went to Cornell to earn a doctorate of medicine in 1981. She then interned at the L.A. County Medical Center before joining the Peace Corps to serve as a doctor in Africa. In 1987, NASA selected her as an astronaut. She flew on Space Shuttle Endeavor in 1992, carrying out a whopping 44 science experiments with her crew, although it was her first and only space flight. Now, I just want to investigate this woman's life for a second. You're telling me that a woman born in Alabama in 1956 became the first African-American woman in space Not because somebody coddled her, not because some white liberal piece of garbage grabbed her hand and said, I'm going to control your life. I'm going to make sure that other people don't harm you. Just stand behind me and I'll take care of all the racists. This woman at 16 years old was in college, earned an engineering degree from Stanford and then went to Cornell to earn a doctorate. I don't think I could even have Stanford or Cornell look at my application. You know, if I applied to them let alone get in, let alone get an engineering or a doctorate. But this woman did that. 1956, born in Alabama, and she excelled at the top of her class at 16 in school, in college, and then engineering degree, doctorate, interned, went to the Peace Corps, went to Africa, and then she was selected as an astronaut. Why do you think NASA selected her as an astronaut? You think it was because of the color of her skin? Or do you think it was the style of hair she had? Or because she went to Africa? Or because she was born in Alabama? Or do you think it was maybe because she had an engineering degree and a doctorate and she was probably close to genius? She was in college at 16 years old. And then she was at a medical center in L.A. and then the Peace Corps. NASA probably selected her because she was brilliant. And it didn't matter what color her skin was. It mattered that she was really smart, super successful at a young age, and driven and passionate. That's what mattered. That's why NASA selected her. So it's really offensive. Again, it's very demeaning, very degrading. When Lauren Sanchez with the fake tits and the fake face, even though she's a pilot, we give her that, says that women are going to be making the difference in this world and we have an impactful message to send. Really? Did Sally Ride not have an impactful message? You know? Did uh, Krista McAuliffe not have a powerful message? Did Maya Jemison not have a powerful message like as an icon, as a woman? I mean, the first African-American woman in space? Born in the deep south in Alabama in 1956? You're telling me that the white people in control and the patriarchy, on top of that, let this black woman into NASA? Why would they do that? Why would they do something like that? Weren't they afraid she was going to Steal the space shuttle or something? What are the racist tropes that liberal progressives tout about black people? To create this negative culture? I mean, it's it's disgusting. Do you even know who this woman is? Like, I, I didn't even know who this woman was in full until I researched it for tonight's show. That's baffling to me. How did I not know that? But wait, there's more. Eileen Collins, very famous. I know that name. Also born in 1956. 
earned four college degrees from four different universities throughout her career. She has diplomas in her career for science, math, economics, and management. And while studying in school for all these degrees, she also had time to become an Air Force pilot and then went on to instruct other Air Force pilots. Kind of makes you feel like a piece of garbage. It kind of makes me feel like I'm a little bit lazy. (laughs) This woman's earning four degrees, is an Air Force pilot, teaching other Air Force pilots, and then she, in 1990, was selected as an astronaut candidate by NASA. She became the first woman ever to pilot the space shuttle on on, uh, STS-63 in 1995. Also carried out a docking mission with Russia's Mir space station. Later in her career, Collins' crew was responsible for deploying the massive Chandra X-ray observatory from the space shuttle. In all, she'd fly a total of four different shuttle missions before retiring from NASA in 2006. Huh. That's kind of strange, don't you think? A woman with four degrees blows me out of the water while Studying in school, not only did she have time for a, a, another job, she became an Air Force pilot. Like it was, I mean, I'm sure it's a lot of hard work, but you read her biography and it's just like, Jesus Christ, this woman had, she had, she was getting degrees in science, math, economics, and management, became an Air Force pilot, and then instructed other Air Force pilots, then was selected by NASA, then was the first woman to fly the space shuttle docked with the Russian space station and then released this massive X-ray observatory and then retired. That should be inspiring to women. That should be inspiring to all people to trailblaze and to explore men too. That's, that's inspiring as hell to me. I might get a, I might get a biography on Eileen, Eileen Collins too. But once again, Miss Sanchez, Jeff Bezos's plastic doll partner, She's probably smarter than him, actually, because she she's a pilot. I'm, I would imagine that she's probably smarter than he is. But she says it's going to be women who are making a difference in the world and who are impactful and have a message to send. But I guess Eileen Collins and my Jimison and Krista McAuliffe and Sally Ride and Svetlana Savitskaya and the first woman in space, Valentina Tereshkova, they don't matter. None of them matter. First woman in space, first African-American woman in space, first woman to fly the space shuttle. Uh, none, of the, none of those people matter. How about the first uh, astronaut of Indian descent? Kalpana Chawla. Kalpana Chawla was the first astronaut of Indian descent. She was born in Kamal, India, 1962. Her father helped foster her passion for flying by taking her to local flying clubs when she was... Young, probably came from a wealthy family in India. Eventually, she left India and moved to the U.S. to pursue advanced degrees in engineering. Yeah, very oppressed. After earning two master's degrees, she earned a Ph.D. in aerospace engineering from the University of Colorado Boulder. Jesus Christ. How do these people have time to do anything else? I mean, like some of these women are married. How did they have time to be married? Like, you get all these degrees and you know, Air Force and NASA and... Jesus Christ, it's, it's, it should be inspiring, though. I'm hoping that it's inspiring. That's what it's inspiring to me. So she moved to the U.S., gets an advanced degree in engineering or advanced degree. She got multiple degrees in engineering. And then she decided, I'm going to earn a Ph.D. in aerospace engineering because why not? 
And then in 1988, just after graduating, she became a NASA researcher. Her focus was on vertical takeoff and landing concepts. Would, the math of that would blow my mind, uh, which are now being pioneered by uh, major new uh, spaceflight companies like SpaceX and Blue Origin. Oh, so you're telling me, let me get this, hold on a second, let me get this straight. The first Indian woman, in first astronaut of Indian descent, was not an American native, was not a U.S. native. She moved to America. She got two advanced degrees in engineering, got a Ph.D. in aerospace engineering. After that, became a NASA researcher, and then her research on vertical takeoff and landing concepts is still being used today by SpaceX and Blue Origin. The company that Jeff Bezos owns the company with the big penis rocket that he's going to put his girlfriend or whatever she is, Lauren Sanchez, on with a bunch of other women and fly them into space to make a statement for women. But those rockets, including Elon Musk's rockets, are only able to take off and land because of the work of a woman. Too bad Lauren Sanchez didn't have time to open a history book even though she had time to become a pilot, probably never heard of this woman. And why would they tell you any of these things? Why would they tell you about Kalpana Chawla? Why would they tell you about Eileen Collins or Mai Jimson? Or why would they tell you about Sally Ride or any of these women? Why would they tell you about Valentina Tereshkova? Why would they tell you about these women? Because these women would show and prove that women are not discriminated against. In fact, women in the U.S. are treated better than women anywhere else in the world on average. Men are too. It shows you that you can literally do whatever you want to do. Most of these women are going to school and getting advanced degrees in STEM, multiple degrees, PhDs on top of those degrees. They're in the Air Force or they're literally pioneering takeoff and landing concepts that are still being used today. In 1994, Chawla was selected as an astronaut candidate. She flew into space two different times aboard the space shuttle Columbia. During her second flight, Columbia exploded as it returned to Earth, of course, so she unfortunately died. But just a genius. Brilliant. Probably part of that Indian culture, but brilliant. Let me me, me ask you this question. You... As a man or a woman, or as a man, your girlfriend, or you as a girl looking at your boyfriend or your husband or wife, do you think that person could go get four degrees, fly for the Air Force, invent new methods for rocket and space travel, still have time for a relationship, and then also pilot shuttles and rockets and all kinds of stuff like that, and uh, just, you think they could do that? Probably not. It's not because they're a man or a woman. It's just because people that are in these fields are highly skilled and make even some of the smartest people you know look like they're dumb. You know, I can sit here and compare religions and see patterns and I can host this show based on the the art of radio and, you know, I can hear the the sound and I do it it mostly through sound. I don't really have... um, you know, traditional radio equipment. I do a lot of it just through sound. Like that's my area of expertise, producing a show and all that. I, I, I'm not going to be able to go get a job at NASA 
as a researcher, even as a janitor for that matter, I'm not going to be able to fly a space shuttle. It's not because of some arbitrary reason like skin color or genitalia. It's just because I don't have those skills. And maybe if I worked really, 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 really hard, maybe I could acquire one of the degrees that these powerful, intelligent, brilliant women have acquired, but I still ain't going to fly a space shuttle. And I still ain't going to be accepted as a candidate at NASA. And that's just the bottom line. Can't forget about some of these other astronauts, Peggy Winson or Whitson. Peggy Whitson holds the impressive designation of having spent more time in space than any other American astronaut, even more than men. Huh. NASA selected Whitson as an astronaut candidate in 1996. But she'd been working for NASA for many years as a scientist, studying how the challenges of outer space affect living things. Between 2002 and 2017, she had three long hauls in the ISS, where she spent 665 cumulative days in space. During that time, she also received as, or served as commander and helped perform hundreds of science experiments. Oh, so Peggy Whitson was a commander on the ISS. Someone should tell Lauren Sanchez. Christina Koch holds the record for the longest extended stay in space by any women. Born in Michigan, 1979, Later spent, uh, spent her time pursuing degrees in electrical engineering and physics at North Carolina State University. NASA selected her to be an astronaut in 2013. In October 2019, she launched to the International Space Station on Expedition 59, the start of a 328-day stay that would involve six space walks. Six space walks, including the first all-female spacewalk. Her teammate on the pioneering spacewalk was fellow astronaut Jessica Meir, who also happens to be her very good friend. So NASA already had women in space commanding the ISS, women in space with multiple degrees, much smarter than your average man or woman, much more persistent, uh, much more able to probably cut through the red tape. Uh, they've already had the women doing the first all-female spacewalk, not because we're going to just send a random women to say women did this, but because they're, these are wise and not knowledgeable people who are close to being, if not experts in their fields. And that's why NASA selected them. Jessica Meir, the, the woman that did the, the walk with Christina Koch was born in Maine in 1977 and earned a degree, a doctorate in marine biology from Scripps Institution of Oceanography. She worked as a scientist, studying animals that live in extremes, so extremophiles. To learn about oxygen depletion, she drove alongside emperor penguins in Antarctica and studied geese that fly over Earth's tallest mountains. She joined NASA's astronaut program in 2002, living under the surface of the ocean for five days. I don't even like being on top of the surface of the ocean. I don't think I could live under it for five days. But she eventually became an astronaut and launched to the ISS in 2019. Spent hundreds of days on the ISS and participated in the first all-female spacewalk with Christina Koch. And the list goes on and on and on. We have time for one more. Kate Rubens. Kathleen Rubens is a viral disease expert and has spent more than 100 days in space. Born in 1978 in Farmington, Connecticut. And she went on to study biology after high school earning a Ph.D. in cancer biology from Stanford University. Stanford produces a lot of female astronauts. 
She later led a team of 14 scientists researching infectious diseases prevalent in Central and West Africa. NASA then selected her in 2009 to be an astronaut. During a mission to the ISS in 2016, she became the first human ever to sequence DNA in orbit. Huh. NASA called her pioneering efforts a, quote, game changer. Now back to Lauren Sanchez. It's going to be women who are making a difference in the world and who are impactful and have a message to send. That's what this message on Blue Origin signifies. She has to be, although she's a pilot, she has to be one of the dumbest people alive then. Or she has to think you're one of the dumbest people alive to believe this faux feminism BS. Garbage. You want real feminism and real equality? Take a look at people like Kate Rubens, the first to sequence DNA in orbit. How many people can say that? One person can. Take a look at Jessica Meard, Christina Koch, Peggy Whitson. How about Kalpana Chalwa? She really blows my mind. Here's a woman that got a PhD, two advanced engineering degrees on top of that, and her research on vertical takeoff and landing concepts literally pioneered the field for companies like SpaceX and Blue Origin. That's in her biography at astronomy.com. This woman literally pioneered (laughs) space travel for Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, who wants to send women on his penis rocket into space as some kind of weird sexual ritual. The penis penetrates the sky because it's all about females. And females need their shot. But she's only going to get on that Blue Origin rocket that Jeff Bezos paid for because a woman pioneered the concepts to launch that rocket. Eileen Collins, Mai Jemison, Krista McAuliffe, Sally Ride, Svetlana Savitskaya, my pronunciation is getting better as we go on, Valentina Tereshkova. All those women don't matter. First woman in space, black woman, Indian woman, Sequence DNA, all these things. None of that matters, though. What matters is fake boobs, fake lips, rubbing the head of a really rich old man and uh, getting on his rocket shaped like a penis and going into space because, you know, that's all that matters. You know, and, and like the Olay commercial, there's never been women. Women haven't even been in space, even though there's a woman who's been in space on the commercial. There's an astronaut, at least, who's in the commercial. Not one of the most famous astronauts, but she's there. Nicole Scott. She's an astronaut. She's in that Olay commercial. But she doesn't matter because women are still oppressed by evil, evil men. And those men don't want you to know what's in space. So they keep women out of space. Even though women have pioneered new methods of rockets and stuff like that, vertical takeoff and landing. Oh, and then Nicole Mann, the first Native woman last year, I was conveniently left out of the whole Blue Origin news story, which is only possible because of Kalpana Chawla and uh, all these women with all their degrees and blows my mind. Uh, you also have to be in shape and not just letting anybody on those spaceships or rockets. So to suggest what Ms. Sanchez and Jeff Bezos are suggesting and the media suggesting is really a small step backwards for women on a demeaning and degrading joke of a crotch rocket 
It's one small step backwards for women, and for men for that matter. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. I hope you enjoyed tonight's broadcast. Gable at yahoo.com, thesecretteachings.info. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. Don't be afraid, be informed, and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Do all the exploring you want. You're not all the drilling of the earth you want. You're not going to find hell. You can take spaceships. Now you're not going to find heaven. They're not physical places. What happened before the Big Bang? The Church of Christ.